Hey, so it's Saturday, April 4th, and we realized with the great Mo Bruno Roy episode that we didn't really get a chance to talk much about Tour de Flanders and what we said was going to happen. So give a call to the little guy and uh, Spencer here. And um, so, little guy, what do you think is going to happen uh, in the Tour de Flanders? Well, I think it's going to be a great race. I have a, I have a feeling that Terp's just probably going to light it up, start the first attack. Um, probably, I think he's going to try to go long. And I don't know. I think someone's probably going to jump in with him. I don't know what he's you guys think. He's been on fire. He has really yeah. been on fire. Yeah. yeah he's but, been so I'm thinking are going long. Um, probably a chase group of about 10 guys behind. I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll jump in. I, I think that the, the one of the big movers and shakers this week will definitely be uh, Greipel. He's, uh, you know, he's the German Jude. Yeah. He's like what the hill climb champion they always talk about um, on inner mm-hmm. ring. And then also Phil and Paul. I think Greipel's really going to put down some hammers, um, drop some hammers. He's going to need a new tool belt on some of those climbs. I think he's really <laughs> going to drop some people. So I would look yeah. for Greipel to really uh, animate the race. Absolutely. So how about you, Spencer? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think uh, I think it's the year of the sleeper. Um, I think we'll get uh, we'll get a sneaky guy in the move. Some of the big teams like Sky, I think they'll miss out uh, despite all their preparation. But I bet uh, I can see that. Uh, I bet a dark horse like Pippo Pizzato will be up there in the move, and I, I think uh, yeah, I think we're going to look was, for him to pull some fireworks. Yeah. Well, I was what I was kind of envisioning. Yeah. Well, I was thinking Terps is probably going to light it up. Kristoff's probably going to yeah. go with. Oh yeah, he's, he'll be pretty there. great without Bonin and without Cancelero. Who else is going to be but, there? Is he really I even an underdog? It, I mean, he's know? Norwegian, so man, it could be Kristoff. I say he's I an totally... underdog. I can't yeah. see him winning. You think Kristoff no, no. can go up the climb with uh, Terpstra, though, when he attacks? I think he's going to be able to, yeah. No problem. And then, uh, and then I can see him winning, though, because I think Pippo, can, he I think it's going to be Pippo in the sprint. That's my thought. Pippo in the sprint? I don't know about you guys. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, we'll see it. Yeah. Well, let's talk Small on Monday moves. after the race. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The slowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. We're your number one news source, show about cycling, life, cycling rumors. I can't see the air quotes uh, on the podcast when you say <laughs> yeah. news source. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, eventful this weekend, but uh, my name is Tim Hayes coming at you from Gainesville, Florida. I'm a little guy. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I am your third co-host, uh, Spencer, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, you can always reach us on uh, iTunes and Stitcher, download us wherever, and then the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. But, gentlemen, let's get to it. Tour de Flanders was this past um, weekend. One of, the, what, the second monument on the calendar. Great stuff yes. going on. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's give the women their due. We didn't, uh, they were the first race to complete on the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to see any live action because, once again, you know, they don't cover it the way that that race well, deserves. The, the men's race was Grupo Compacto, and that is my most interesting thing, thing to watch, <laughs> personally. Um, mm-hmm. I like to see the guys chatting. So 
that's why they didn't show the women because they were to see who's, who's taken off and on booties and arm armors and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's important mm-hmm. things happening in that men's race. And I like to watch the feeding because someday I hope to take a feed in a race. So I'm trying to learn how to do that properly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, let's get to it though. Let's, let's separate the brass tacks. The women's race, after you do see the highlights, I remember watching the Sporza, the Sporza after show where they did show the highlights of the women's race. Solo attack from what, like 30K out from uh, Elisa Borghini Beastly. of, uh, of uh, Wiggle, the Wiggle Honda team. And. Mm-hmm. A huge win for her, and I mean overall it looked like a great race. When I've seen the recap that the UCI does, which is actually a really good recap, you got hmm. to see some awesome racing, and you can see that these women can put down like nobody's business on those big climbs. Wasn't Wiggle Wiggle went one two right? Shades of old Quick Step. Yeah, they did Amazing. go one two, and then you had Rabobank um, coming in in third in three uh, in third place. I love that so, they still exist. <laughs> like they disappeared yeah. from the yeah. men's but they still exist in the women's i'm just glad they still exist so we can still and that the women's robo bank does all the things the men's robo bank could never do like win <laughs> and get on podiums and have like uh successful tactics yeah <laughs> the men's robo bank never did any of that they ever. made it seem really hard though uh they but made maybe it seem not. like it was yeah. completely impossible and then the women's Robo Bank team is just like, well, I don't see the problem. I mean, we're just going to win everything, pretty much. Yeah. Well, they have the they have the best women in the world on that team. You know, they have the world oh, champion. They oh, have that's Marianne not true. Boss. Well, the men's Robo Bank team did have a few good riders yeah. they, they, here and there. <laughs> they had a well, world really champion too. I really don't want to yeah. take away from the women's race where yeah. we could talk about Michael Bugard's teeth and other great um, features <laughs> of the Robo Bank team, but yes. um, you know it. The the what I learned and I learned from Mo Bruno Roy last last week is to really pay attention to the women's racing and I happy I, I did. I sought out the racing highlights, really cool stuff. The attack at the end in that women's race was pretty special. The after race interview that she gave um when she was talking to a teammate who was sick and couldn't take the start line about winning was very exciting. She was like in full tears. Um the Wiggle Honda team put out a really cool uh photo tweet from inside the team car of her crossing the finish line. So you can see from like her angle and it, it, it just looked really cool. And it was just one of these things that uh, hopefully we could see more of. Um, mm-hmm. And as uh, mm-hmm. Mo Bruno Roy, she put out her 16th place pick and we'd like to thank crosshairs for coming on board um, to sponsor the 16th place contest. And we actually had two individuals hit it right on the um, spot. Unfortunately, I don't have the names for either of these individuals, so um, can't really give them a shout out that they deserve. But Lucinda Brand taking 16th place, I think that's pretty much it. Let's move on. I know, I know the names. I know the names. Oh. If you want me to pull them up, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. What are their names? Uh, names? Uh, one of one of them's a rando. Uh, uh, Dan Kirkstrand. Uh, he, hey, he picked Dan. right. Dan Kirkstrand, I'd like to thank you for winning the 16th place competition. That was. But awesome. more Sorry, more importantly. More importantly, somebody else nailed it. Somebody what? did their research, oh, knows really? their stuff, Ooh. and killed it. Slayed it. Who was that? Who was that? Some that guy was rolling me. dice. That was Magic me. I'm sorry, sorry, Spencer. You're cutting out. I can't hear you. Um, yeah. Amongst the three of us, I'm guy, driving you? through a tunnel. I'm, no, I'm driving through a tunnel. I can't hear him. I'm I don't know. To, you guys act like uh, we didn't do a Velo Games League for the Giro, for the Vuelta, <laughs> and for the Tour last year that I dominated you guys in. So. 
That's just, only because I don't pick sprinters. So, so Spencer, uh, you you picked uh, the 16th place. Congratulations, but there is a small print yeah, that job. you do not get to win prizes from crosshairs. So, gentlemen, the 16th place competition in the men's race actually came down to a field sprint at the very end, and Andre Greipel takes the field sprint, so he took 15th place, meaning that the 16th place contest goes to Marcus Berghart of BMC Racing, and our friend Jay Taylor Jones takes ah. the win and the Trek Factory Racing uh, prize pack. Very so, nice. Congrats, and that was by far the most important uh, thing to happen at Tour de Flanders was Marcus Berghart taking 16th place for um, Taylor, and so Taylor gets a Trek Factory Racing uh, jersey. He gets a musette bag yeah. and a hat. That was a really cool prize pack to win, man. That was a that was a good one. Thanks to Trek Factory Racing for that. Um, not a lot of times uh, do do professional cycling teams have enough resources to sponsor anything outside of their own team. So uh, you know, we appreciate it. I did like that Gregory Rast of Trek Factory Racing, one of the most popular picks, um, even gave a shout out to Marcus Berghart for winning 16th place. So acknowledging the importance <laughs> of that. You know, and as someone said, uh, Michael Toth, a listener of ours, tweeted, he said, all that matters in the Tour de Flanders is first, second, third, and 16th place. And congratulations to Marcus Bernhardt for doing that. That is true. So um, last time I talked to you guys was on Saturday when we gave our race predictions uh, for Tour de Flanders, and we actually kind of hit it spot on. Yeah, we were pretty close. We did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of screwed that Peepo thing, though. He wasn't quite as close to the sprint as we thought. He didn't do too bad. He was like 12th or something. He was 12th, yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, he was in the, like, the second large group that finished there. Um, so, yeah. I was, I was but, stoked that you know. Greipel, Greipel came through. Uh, that was fantastic to see Greipel going up the climbs. Now, the question is, was Greipel attacking up the climbs trying to get away, or was he attacking up the climbs to master the slide that sprinters often do? When uh, they start sliding backwards, when all of the fast guys come, he around. was doing it to master the slide. Oh, he certainly was, yeah. I, but he timed it so well when he he went off a few times there and and got a gap and made it over the top of the climb and like perfectly timed it so that when the leaders put in their dig at the top, he had enough. He was right there and he could latch right on. He he played a perfect teammate, and his mm-hmm. you know he had two teammates in the top five or top ten, so one of them. Uh, first year pro, fifth place. Can't remember was, how to pronounce his name, but fifth place, first year pro. That uh, is oh, ridiculous. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you know how to pronounce his name incorrectly? Please do it yes. for me. It's Tice Benut. Oh, Ooh. I bet that's wrong, but good job. <laughs> it's closer than me because I didn't remember at all. And he, he finished uh, 36 seconds down, which was not bad, but... So I think we should do a little bit of a roundtable, but just a quick summary because everyone knows. Alexander Kristoff, the Norwegian, takes the win with a mm-hmm. nice um, kind of slow-motion sprint, like never challenged by Nikki Terpstra there at the end. And I know, Spencer, we're going to talk about this finish. So let's let's get um, – let's, let's talk about a few of the other bullet points that are definitely sticking well, out before we get into uh... the finish. Let's let's jump into the uh, you know we'll start at the beginning of the race where there's a, there's always a break uh, in the race an exciting breakaway moment um, early this race was special because there were two breaks to talk about two breaks the first one of course was um, was uh, the beer sprint the win your weight in beer uh, did you guys yes. see this that now, was, was amazing the weight was it the weight or the height 
I had heard later that it was actually he won his height in beer. I thought it was height. I thought he won because he was tall. Everything I've seen was was weight and that he okay, was going to win 74 kilos of beer. <laughs> the team mechanics, that was that was awesome. So that, I like that kind of price. Yep. Yeah, that's good because otherwise they haven't won anything this spring for the Mountain yeah. Quebec team. I love that he twelve hundred sprinter called the shot on Twitter the night before and put taped it on the stem. You know where what kilometer mark Wait, uh, are, are, the sprint was at? Are you serious? He really did I, this. I am serious. He he called it the night before. He put it he put it on his stem like everybody else was marking where all the where all the Helgen climbs were, and uh, and he marked what? where that beer sprint was. What rider is this? We will tweet it out. It's uh, Matt, uh, Matt Bremier. Yeah. From MTN Quebeca. Oh, hands down, one of our favorite. He is now on the official Slow Ride <laughs> Podcast sponsored team. So now we've got Dan yep. Craven. Mm-hmm. We've got um, this guy you just mentioned, Michael Scarponi. <laughs> we got Scarponi. We have Pipo, team leader. Pipo, yeah. Uh, and now we've yep. got a, a guy that tapes beer preems on his stem. Yep. Yep, our and, team's not going to win anything. And, no, no, Edward Thunes, like he, Edward he had a sighting, like he showed up he at Tour de Flanders, and and Greg Rast, he, he ended pretty Greg far Rast. down. Thunes must yeah. have blown up pretty good. He finished. Yeah. No, well, he was there. Okay, so Spencer, anyways, so, during the break, he and, wins his and, beer. Yeah, so that was amazing. Uh, called the shot, won the beer. His team is stoked. Um, good for him. That was the first of two exciting breaks uh, in Flanders. The other break was sadly Jesse Sargent's collarbone when he got hit by a Shimano neutral support car when the breakaway was four minutes up the road. Why exactly is the neutral support car trying to get around them so badly when there's a four minute gap that he knocked someone off their bike? Yeah, it was a bad day for the Shimano neutral support drivers. Um, I definitely (laughs) don't understand that, especially around the curb, around the, the turn there, but that yeah. being said, uh, a lot of people have talked about it. There's there's a couple of decent memes, but um, <laughs> you're looking at the Shimano car and you're like, okay, broken collarbone, Trek Factor Racing out. Definitely some uh, bad PR there. But when you think it could only get worse, it mm-hmm. does for the Shimano neutral sport. When they rear end uh, Mark Mattiat's uh, FDJ car FDJ. when they're pulling over to take care of Chavanel's flat tire – now, I haven't mm-hmm. seen a car with that kind of rear end damage since Spencer took the Saturn wagon into the <laughs> into the into the feed zone at the Nature Valley Grand Prix a few years ago uh, and, and really damaged the rear bumper with the successful was... living van. Oh, Spencer. Spencer probably shouldn't be throwing any any shade then at the neutral service cars. Spencer should not be hey, throwing any shade because he's actually done the same exact no. thing that the Shimano There's... car did. There's some major differences between that story and the Shimano story. One, my car, my my incident, the car was parked, and the van backed into it. And okay. the other important part is that it was Tim's car, so who cares? <laughs> That's true. It was going to blow now, up soon anyway. I will say this: I'm surprised that there aren't more accidents like this. I know that every now and then you see a race where like. There'll be a, a single photo that will be on Cycling News like, oh, another accident in the caravan. But that caravan is complete chaos. And yeah. it was almost well, remember like – Remember the World Championships the, a few years ago when like the Dutch team like rolled the car into the ditch or something? Remember <laughs> – didn't the Belkin car run over Contador's bike last year too? Like, I mean there's all yeah. types of 
Now, yeah. I the think there's more accident, than we hear about. Plenty of guys, plenty of guys have gone through the back windshields too. Yeah, and they always call it a windscreen, which I'm always confused whenever you read that on something yeah. news. But so you guys are the first time I will say 100% Shimano neutral support driver's fault. The second time it did seem like the FDJ yes. car kind of stopped suddenly in front of the Shimano car there from what I've seen. But still, yeah. You think maybe there's a lot of a couple though. I mean, yeah. Man, chaos. I couldn't believe it. It was just it was yeah. awesome. I just can't believe it got caught on tape, you know, like that they had one and that they had another wasn't surprising just that like I'm sure there's all kinds of little fender benders, but that that one got you know, caught on the live feed it just makes them look bad. Oh, it was a um, brutal crash, too. A couple of other things that I, I really like about this race is obviously the amount of fans on the side of the road. All of the climbs, it's like a shark's mouth with all the um, the climbs that are constantly going, the cobbles. Lots it's like of cool star stuff. Like sty bars with some big climbs and then some like long straightaways between the climbs. Yes. <laughs> and then, and uh, I like the, the cyclocross action going up the, the, the climbs if they – if they slip off or if they fall off or they can't get their gears uh, right. Um, yep. Sky team with their uh, fancy bikes. We got to see a Bradley Wiggins bike throw. Not as good yep. as Jack I mean, Bowers. He does throw a bike a um, and yeah, then Who guy, could have predicted their bikes wouldn't work? Little guy, who was that? Uh, oh, the, 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 with the suspension? Mm-hmm. You know, one of these days, someone will win on a suspension uh, road bike. Uh, it has to happen at some point, right? Well, hey, like, did did um when uh, Duke Lozalle won, did he win with a front suspension in, like, 90 or 91? I think he might have one of those years. I'm asking know, you guys. Guy. Why am I even asking you guys? I just won't know. <laughs> hey, Tim, do you know who I'm talking about? I have no clue who you're talking about. I haven't been to a bike swap lately. Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. Anyway, I'll look that up separately. Um, I do want to say... LaSalle. At least I've heard LaSalle of him. One, we'll race one here. Another thing that stuck out to me, guys, was uh, Sepp Van Mark once again missing the break, once again missing the move, and trying all he as hard as he could to make it, and it was so painful to watch, and he never made it. Yeah, it was it was sad. He had a, you know, he he was a pretty big favorite, but he had a bad bad one. But you know, he had a bad race a couple years ago, and then he bounced back and uh, put in a good show at Roubaix. So yeah. I'm looking forward to. He's going to come back strong. I'm not I'm not doubting that. He's a he's a strong guy. So overall, between the uh, Belgian teams, newsflash, newsflash, what's up? I just looked it up. Duclos Lozal did win. With the suspension fork <laughs> in 1992. So suspension has won the race. Oh, so there so, you go. So it's well, uh, everything, one everything old is new and... again. Okay. Also, little known fact that uh, Duclos LaSalle and uh, LeMond piloted custom Clark Kent titanium frames one year. And weren't the Clark Kents it's... from Minnesota? Am I making that up? No, you're making that up. They're from Colorado. I'm making that part. For... They're from Colorado. I'm making that up too, but I think they're from Colorado. <laughs> I think they're from Minnesota. Okay, go on with your podcast. I'll keep Googling. Um, but but speaking of your technology here, little guy that you're so excited about, so you must be pumped about uh, things like like disc brakes in, in road bikes that are going to be there next year. How do you feel about that? Disc brakes are so stupid. Do they allow? Are they allowed now? They are, are they, going to be. Is a UCA group? 
Oh, God. Who did you hear that from? From the UCI. When did they say that? Spencer has, know, a while ago. Spencer has Brian Cookson on speed dial. I got this guy Spen- on speed dial. Are you like, you're just making stuff up? You're like, the UCI. No, and then I ask you, Brendan, you say. They, they're like, it's a cool little while ago. For, it's cool for the uh, for the lower categories to do it. And it's going to be cool for the UCI races uh, in, what, 2017 maybe or something like that? Ugh, it's terrible. I'm going to vomit in my mouth when I watch bike races. Um, well, good. Well, I'm, I can't wait till they bring through axles out because we all know that how well wheel changes go, especially when like a, a rider pulls over to give his wheel to his team leader and it takes him forever to get his wheel out. And it's one of the most oh, painful things to watch in cycling. Especially like, if do these guys not ride bikes all day? Have they never taken a wheel out? <laughs> it's a quick release and you shouldn't need to adjust it because you all ride the same wheels on the same frames, So the dropouts are the same size. Why does it take so long? Do they not know how to open their brakes? Like, what is their problem? They, maybe that's why the Shimano car was trying to get up there so fast, just to prepare for the flat that was coming. I I do not understand. Every time I watch a rider try to pull their wheel out and they're, they're having trouble, it's like, it's there's one lever, guys. Like, shouldn't that be part <laughs> of the training? Like, like the first training camp of the year, it's like, hey, let's all take our wheels out. Hey, good job. Switch them around. You're now officially able to be a bike racer. Hey. That could be a pretty sweet uh, thing, you know, in the Bjarni Reese kind of uh, training camp, you know, well, trust exercises where we, they all switch like uh, musical chairs of rear wheels and stuff. We did see how good that uh, Mount Kilimanjaro hill climb went for Bjarni Reese this well, year. He got a, he got fired. And to touch yeah. on last week's uh, uh, special guest superstar Mo Bruno Roy talked about the uh, we, the the bike throwing of Jack Bauer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Yeah. How do you think Mo Bruno Roy would have responded to the Bradley Wiggins semi toss? It see, it was more of just kind of like a drop. It's kind I mean, of a dickheady drop, though. He doesn't was, drop it like, "Ooh, it slipped out of my hand." He drops it like, "You're almost here to take it out of my hand. I'm gonna drop it because I'm a dickhead." So it's kind of like he was. He dropped being it a, like it was hot. Dropped it like he was hot. I, I yeah, was thinking, which that, it wasn't. It was broken. It was definitely a very gentlemanly British thing to do. Like, ooh, I'm a sir. Therefore, I'm going to drop this. Now get me my, you know, let's go fox hunting. Like, it was. It seemed like a very, like, uh, Downton Abbey thing to do. There's an, there's an entitled bit to the way he drops things. So, guys, with uh, Paris Roubaix coming up around the corner, we have to wonder if Kristoff has the goods to take the win for the third monument well, of the year. I well, that's debatable, but I think we got a good question. We got a good question from uh, Brian Gerding this week. He asked, um, "It's a good question that's topical here." He said, "Okay, hypothetically, a visitor from the future comes back in time and tells you that someone who's racing in the Pro Peloton <laughs> right now goes on to win all five monuments. If you guess uh-huh. who it is, you'll uh-huh. get some kind of super boss future prize, which I can only assume is a hoverboard." What's oh, your guess? So wait, okay, let's let's all let's, first off, let's all put in a guess. Who's our guest from the future that's coming back? It's probably uh, Brian Gerding. I'm assuming that he's he? saying this so yeah. that we're prepared for when okay. he comes back. So future, to us soon. So future he's like guest. sort of softening us up so we don't freak out. And and what they have to win are the five monuments. So we're talking Milan San Remo, Flanders, Roubaix, yep. the Tour, and. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. That's, all right, start again. Start again. Okay. Start again. 
Let's see yeah, how yeah, long try it takes to do. Let's go. Okay, okay. Milan San Remo, Tour de Flanders, uh-huh. Paris Roubaix. Yep. Yeah, got it. Lombardi. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's one. And the World Championships. No, no, no try again. Okay, okay. Again. Milan San Remo, Tour de Flanders. Yeah. Roubaix. Yep. Lombardi. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Liège, Bastogne, Liège. Yeah. Oh my God! He got it. Third time's the charm. He even got him All out right. of order. All right. all right. So of those five, so now we got to pick someone that's going to win all five. Okay. Um, so since I'm, I'm the ex- see, this is a challenge because winning all five, I mean, it's tough to even name all five monuments. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. So, so uh, we need a rider yeah. who's good all season and who's good all around um, and good enough to actually win each of these races. Who do we think it could be out of, potentially out right. of the current Peloton? Is that the is question? It, and it's career wise; yeah. it's not all in one year, right? Yeah, it's no. in career, and so this is a tough is one because currently, Kristoff's got two, but I don't think he can win Liège or Lombardy. Um, no. Cancellara's got three, but I don't think he can win Liège or Lombardy. And then who you got? You got Simon Garrens. He's got he's got Liège and Milan, but I don't think he can win Roubaix without breaking his collarbone. So that's right, out I've of the picture. I've got it. John Degenkolb. Yeah? You think so? Sure. That's a pretty good pick. He, he, he showed pretty well at Flanders, so he's going to be on some form for Roubaix. And he's got the sprint to take Lombardi. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't. Le- if Tyler Hamilton can win. The future is true. I, I don't <laughs> think that anyone can win all five. I just kind of don't believe it's I, possible. I kind of think I the Giro Tour double is more possible. No, I think all five is possible, and I'll tell you who it is. Despite his lackluster performance this year, wait, wait, let me guess: Stein Devolder, no, no, no. Okay, come on, it's gonna be Peter Sagan. It's gonna be Sagan. He can do it. He can do all those things. He can climb with those punchy climber guys. Yeah, he can sprint with the sprinters. He can roll off the front in Roubaix in a small group, and he's he's he is the total package. He's not on fire this year. It won't happen yeah. this year. Well, he'll uh, get a new doctor, so everything will be fine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, think so think back all the time we've watched we watched cycling, there's always been a rider who's won like two or three of the monuments who says, who will profess in an interview that they really want to win all five. Like Bettini was all into winning all of them, and they started putting him in mm-hmm. Flanders because he wanted to, but he couldn't pull that off. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't. I think it's it's a pretty big ask. I don't even know who the last rider who did it. Maybe Sean Kelly, last rider who pulled it off. Did he pull it off? He may have. He probably yeah. did. I'm not sure. Well, little guy, you, you're the Google machine. Why don't you get on the Google? You get on the Google. You get on the Google. Give us the news desk update. But I, I like that question. And anybody that wants to ask us similar questions for our expert opinions, um, like Brian Gerding did, you can just email us at um, the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. So uh, while uh, little guy is looking up all that important info on the last person to win five uh, um, monu- the five monuments, Spencer, <laughs> did we get any uh, good tweets this week besides all of that awesome uh, hashtag glory of 16th place? We had a ton of tweet action uh, with the contest. Um, we had some controversy with people not using the uh, 16th place hashtag, which we, we can't stress enough. You got to do it. 
We, there's so many people signing up that we need you to do that uh, because we've got a an auto-populating spreadsheet here to uh, to take care of keeping track of everyone for us. So uh, don't forget that. Um, but we had some great tweets. Uh, a lot of people want us to talk about Greipel, um crushing it in Flanders, which I think we did even in our uh, pre pre Flanders uh, preview there um, that we're going to toss in here at the beginning of the uh, episode. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, wanting to know our opinions on Kristoff here, which I think we'll get to as well. Um, tweets well, let's from talk about uh, Ryan Gabriel. Uh, what do you think of Kristoff? Yeah. Like, what what were, what are they asking about Kristoff? Well, uh, at Ryan Gabriel uh, wants amazing. to know. He pretty much just wants to hear us uh, uh, talk about Greipel slaving like a dog, uh, being greater than Kristoff winning. Um, that's that's one. Uh, say, we also had. We also have. Greipel was good, but it was not better than the best sprinter in the race bridging across to a move 30K out. That takes balls. He could have well, sat in and won the can race. Can we also talk? You know? you know what, guys? We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this finish. No, Spencer, stop. We need to talk. No, 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 no. 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 We need to talk about this finish. Because you said that Terpstra You asked played me about tweets, and I read one tweet. Are we going to have a fight here before everybody? Yes. Yeah. You said Terpstra messed it up. I said Terpstra played it correctly, just didn't have the legs. Because Kristoff was better. No, he didn't. He How was he going to do anything different? He didn't have the legs to do anything different. Okay, hang on. How was he? How was he going to sprint, Kristoff? Thirty k from the line, he knew he was going to lose that sprint. Yeah, so he tried, yeah, and he had to go on the climb, and he didn't to... have the legs. Didn't have the legs. Couldn't do he it. That's went, all he could hope. He could have went from five k. He could have went from four k. He could have went from three k. He, he could have went he from two point five k. He didn't have the legs. The to only do place he couldn't go okay. was five hundred meters. Let's let's say. Yeah, let's say he goes from he goes from three k, two point five k, one k. He goes. Kristoff rides across to him, pats him on the back, rides past him. Then he gets caught by Greg Van Aermont and Sagan, and he's fourth place. And then Patrick Lafarge or whatever the hell his name is kills him. <laughs> no, no, because the Belgian people will love him. No, no. See, and they will protect him. No, they'll love Gre- Greg Van Aermont because Greg Van Aermont <laughs> will be second, and he's Belgian. But you know, they will not well, love Nicky Terpstra. They're mad at Nicky Terpstra. What did no Van Aermont do? What did Van Aermont do? He dropped Sagan he, with about two point five k to go, like he should have, knowing he knowing he would lose that sprint. No, he dropped Sagan he dropped with like six hundred kilometers, yeah. six hundred meters left, and then. Terpstra had balls of steel to sit on his uh Christoph's wheel like that, forcing Christoph to keep looking around and that gap kept get, getting smaller and smaller. I like that what Terpstra smart. did. I thought that Terpstra, the way he smoothly missed he pulls, played well. he played it as well as he could have. He just didn't have the legs. He tried attacking on the climb. Christoph covered, and he said, you know what? I'm going to try like hell, but I might just get second. And at least he got second and didn't get fifth. Because if he got second, you know what? he would have had to, you know, go. If he got fourth, he might as well have gotten sixteenth place. Anyway, yeah, we all know that sixteenth place is better. Spencer, than second. just to 
just to go when if you go clear at 30k out in any race and you look behind you and you're like oh sweet i got a gap i got 30 seconds and you look behind you and Kristoff is on your wheel and you don't just sit up that takes guts right there like just to even persist with that move was pretty gutsy because you know well, you've pretty much thought, lost you've, you've got a 99.9 percent chance that you've lost the race there was a pretty good chance there for a moment that Stebar was going to come across. So he was going to keep that move going, thinking that they were going to have two to work over Kristoff. And it didn't happen. You know, Stebar got brought back. Yeah. But, um, you know, that w- I think that's why that move kept going initially. And now once you're 20K to go, well, you know, I got a pretty good chance I could shake this guy before the end. But uh, he, needed, he needed to make attacks. He needed to be Chavanel. He needed to... Channel his inner Chavanel, and he just didn't. He didn't have the legs. All Otherwise, right. he would have gone on the last climb. You know, he would have. All right, no let's. Uh, so, Spencer, any other important tweets that we got besides no, you being wrong? Okay. Wait. Newsflash: Sean Kelly never won the Tour of Flanders. He never. I didn't think so. That was the one I wasn't sure on. I don't know who the last five five monument winner is. Probably Eddie Merckx because. Let's Probably. just say it's Eddie Merckx because <laughs> that's the easiest thing and everybody will just believe us. It was Eddie Merckx. He's the cannibal. Oh, my God. Um, uh, yeah. Make well, cool stuff. Next week, next Sunday is um, Paris-Roubaix. So, so Paris-Roubaix, <laughs> okay, so the most overrated every, of them all. Everybody knows Paris-Roubaix is the number one race that there is. As much as anyone tries to deny it, when that race happens – it's always the best. It's fantastic. Um, it is. It's, you know what's fantastic is watching the, George Hincapie crash every. That line. was fantastic. <laughs> I'll give you that. But watching, mm-hmm. watching, uh, I can't think of the name of the movie, so this isn't Sunday working. Sunday well. Spencer, take it away. Sunday in Hell. Sunday in Hell. Just watching that opening scene and watching that mechanic clean Moser's bike. That, that is beautiful. And, and I will beautiful. be doing that at some point in the next week just to get pumped because nothing can make me more excited than watching that Bonotto get cleaned. You still so, have my copy of that, huh? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so No, it's my Par- copy. Paris you, gave, Roubaix. you gave me a copy of your copy. Thanks, World Cycling Productions. Okay. It's an unmarked copy. <laughs> Paris yeah. Roubaix coming, uh, coming soon. Uh, I'm just going to go out and say it. Alexander Kristoff is going to win. Oof. He, um, He's just looking too good. 16th place will be Sir Bradley Wiggins. So those are my picks. Uh, what do you guys have going on for uh, Paris-Roubaix this week? I, um, yeah, Spencer, you go first. You go first. I will I will go ahead then. Um, I think this is uh, John Degenkolb's time to shine. He has been close in uh, San Remo. I don't think he cared too much about Flanders. He was playing it easy. Um, he was to be fresh, you know, to be ready for Roubaix, which is the main goal, uh, for the, for April for him. Um, I think he's got the smarts to do it tactically. He's got the, he's got the form and he's, he's going to be there. Who do you got for 16th place? 16th place. 16th place is Pipo Posado. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I was trying to not take Seth Van Mark as my guy earlier, but you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna say he's for the win because I don't I kind of don't want to say Kristoff, even though I kind of feel like he's unbeatable at the moment. 
and Spencer's got a good pick there too. But uh, yeah, Sepp's going to win. He's going to have to come back and do something big to salvage the season for him and for his uh, kind of inferior team at this point. Got a little bit of the Robo Bank in him still. Uh, for 16th place, though, <laughs> I am going to say uh, uh, I'm going to say Stein Devolder for 16th place. Oh, not bad. He's going to have a couple falls, a couple falls, um, but he'll do it. That's a good really, pick. It is a good pick. I'm hoping to see him further up, but uh, he is a solid. I would like to see him up further too, but you, uh, so, I'm being realistic here. He's going to fall down. I think we do need to I don't mention. Want him to. How how is Bradley Wiggins going to do in this race, uh, um, Spencer? How do you feel? The, and then little guy will follow uh, Spencer. How do you think Bradley Wiggins will do? I I actually think he might be able to put it together for this race. Um, he's a he's an amazing kind of bike racer, you know, going from expert on the track to expert in the time trial to expert climbing. I think he could do it. I think he's the kind of guy that can focus and be up there. But I think he's going to get beat in a sprint. If he's in that group, you know, if he comes into a group of four or five guys, you know, Degan Kolb or somebody like that is going to crush him. Um, so I think he could be top five, top six, something like that, uh, or else he's going to be like in the 80s or not finish or something. But uh, he's he's not a halfway kind of guy. Well, Timmy, who you got? Let's hear it. Who's your AG2R pick? Did you already say your pick? I already I said my pick. I, and I, said, I said it was Kristoff, but I said Bradley Wiggins oh, was going to get um, – yeah. 16th, but who do you have, little guy? Edit this out. <laughs> I'm not editing anything. <laughs> I'm doing the this Googling. Is, I'm trying to look up the monuments. Exactly what people tune in for. This professionality. <laughs> so, well, so I was guy. expecting I was expecting Tim to pick like Van Sumren or Turgot or somebody. Nah. Um, a, a Tour of Flanders or, or like a Roubaix flash in the pan. Because that's yep. AG2R is stacked with Flanders flash in the pan. Yeah. Uh, riders. Um, so that's what I expected. But anyway, you guys want your five monument update? Yeah. Courtesy of the good people <laughs> at Wikipedia. Yeah, sure. Okay. Only three people have won all five monuments. <laughs> Merckx, Devlemek, and? Rick Van Lue. Oh. Um, Sean that. Kelly. Sean Kelly won everything except Flanders. Finished second in Flanders on uh, oh, that's three occasions. Three occasions, 84, 86, 87. Wait, wait, um, Kuiper? Three occasions. Three occasions. <laughs> Kuiper, Kuiper won everything except Liège, in which he got second in 1980. Uh, Bobet won everything but Liège. And then uh, Fred De Bruyne, who I don't know, but he's from the 50s, he won everything except he got second in Lombardy. And then uh, some Germain Dursey. I don't know when he's from. He won everything except Lombardy. So a lot of guys came Ugh. ridiculously close, winning everything and then finishing second in in one race that they couldn't quite pull off. So that's pretty ridiculous. That's got to be kind of heartbreaking, especially for Kelly. Three times yeah, yeah. the bridesmaid in Flanders. He was so close to joining like the most illustrious club in cycling. Yeah, couldn't that quite is a... do it. That's. It's a real kick in the saddlebags, that one. Jesus. Yeah. So that so that's why I think no one's gonna do it. Ever. Yeah. Kick in the saddlebags. Uh <laughs> thanks for that, Spencer. Um Yeah, you're welcome. So we got Paris Roubaix. Uh we did want to mention that the sixteenth place contest, again, please use your hashtag because it auto populates our spreadsheet. 
This week, it's sponsored by a new um, design company, a new clothing company, Ixnay, at Ixnay, mm-hmm. I-C-K-S-N-A-Y. Um, they have these sweet cat buffs. If you're into cat camo, you can get some uh, cat camo neck buffs, which sold out on the first day. It just went live today, but cool stuff over at ixnayshop.com. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to thank them mm-hmm. for sponsoring. And then, uh, you know, I think we've also got a little bit of a, some buckler skincare products that we can also uh, toss in there if we have multiple winners. And then uh, mm-hmm. we'd like to thank Trek Factory Racing for sponsoring last time. Good stuff coming up for Paris Roubaix right around the corner. Fantastic. So, <laughs> gentlemen. I want to say one thing. Did you guys see that uh, Peter Stetna like, broke a kneecap and a whole bunch of crap yeah. today? Did you see how? a big how? crash. Yeah, all the riders ran into a bunch of poles. It seemed like some uh, classic Minnesota uh, amateur racing course setup. <laughs> um, so for once, I agree. I agree with TJ. He TJ was was saying that the finish was unsafe and it was the organizer's fault. And for once, I completely agree with TJ Van Garderen. Well, it's because TJ's uh, the voice of reason. And he's the voice That's of reason true. when the voice of reason is talking about something being dangerous. 50% of the time he's going to be right, maybe. Yeah. So we do we do have a, a comment here on the Facebook page um, that uh, we should probably address, um, you know, from one of our many, many millions of listeners. Uh, Alex Hutchinson uh, wrote a question on our page here um, regarding the last episode. Uh, said he was listening to the Mo Bruno Roy interview and he's noticing a trend. Um, he thinks there's a big difference between uh, men's pro racers and women's pro racers. Um, that women seem to take into account other things outside of bike racing uh, <laughs> when deciding what they want to do with their life. Whereas dudes yeah. maybe only seem to think about bike racing and that's it. Um, they don't care about friends or relationships or family or anything else. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, you get the point. Um, yeah. He says, it, it seems to me that women are down to earth and thus more relatable. Um, perhaps this means they could be better ambassadors for the sport. Love to hear your thoughts. I think that's pretty true. What they probably are more down to earth. They're definitely better ambassadors to the sport. Um, I think that Mo Bruno Roy, I think Mo Bruno Roy proved her, uh, you know, just her experience and knowledge of being like media savvy in the way that she approached the throwing of the bikes question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I will say that Meyerson was a great guest, and he he's fairly down to earth, pretty uh, go get him kind of guy. That's also pretty normal. I mean, it doesn't seem like he has any issues uh, being a good ambassador, but definitely that mm-hmm. younger. Uh, dude aspect is there among the young pro men that feel that they're the they're everything and that they deserve everything that can mm-hmm. be very frustrating to deal with it can be i, I think we talked about before think- there's probably more women with you know other degrees and like have gone to school have gotten like <laughs> graduate degrees or postgraduate degrees that are professional cyclists than men who are just like have high school educations you know so there's definitely like another life that more women at least are planning for or pursuing with cycling than than men because every time you hear about a pro rider who's like going to college like uh, Tim knows his name he finished fifth in the Tour of Flanders 
Like they made a special deal about the fact that he was, you know, currently in college uh, <laughs> getting a getting a degree. <laughs> Tim's looking it up right now so he can put it. But you know, like Tease, Tease, but Newt. But you know, that was like a special. Like I had to add that in the byline. Like it's it's above and beyond that somebody was getting a degree. You know. Yeah. Whereas with the women, yeah. it seems almost to be like a default. Like oh, she won this race, and of course she has a master's degree. Mm-hmm. In physics or something difficult. But how yeah. much of that has to do with that women aren't even treated fairly when it comes to the price, the payouts and everything? I think that that has probably a lot to do with it. I, yeah, I would think there's probably a lot to do with it. Well, I mean, if you're going to go into being a professional women's bike racer, you, you have to have something to fall back on where a lot of these guys think like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a bunch of money and then I'll I'll be a commentator on Eurosport. Mm-hmm. Or, you know? or I'll drive the neutral sport car for Shimano. Yeah. yeah, or if you're Johnny Bunio, you'll fly a helicopter and be really cool. Well, cool. Well, dudes, we had an awesome episode here. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a review. You can also go visit yeah. our, um, you know, follow at Trek Factory uh, Racing for great feed. They had uh, Fabian Cancellara doing the live feed for Tour of Flanders. That was pretty awesome there. And then also, I'd like to thank Ixnay. And Buckler Skincare, Buckler Skincare for uh, helping take care of. But with that, we would like to uh, thank you for listening, and we hope that you would join us in the near future. Bye bye. <sighs> the Slow Ride Podcast: Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.